This episode of the Get in the Game podcast is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. We invite you to check out our website, sportsspectrum.com, for more content on the intersection of faith and sports. Articles, devotionals, podcast episodes, videos, all right there at one spot, sportsspectrum.com. While there, you can also subscribe to our magazine. You can get a subscription for one year for just $18, or you can save money by signing up for a two-year subscription for just $30. It's a great deal, makes a great gift for somebody in your family, or if you're wanting the content for yourself, go ahead and subscribe as well, sportsspectrum.com. While there, also check out our newsletter. You can sign up for that and get devotionals, stories, all sorts of content to your email inbox each week for free. All of it right there on sportspectrum.com. Now, let's get in the game. Hello, welcome to Get in the Game podcast with your host, Scott Lyman, former MLB star and current water mission advocate. Oh yeah, and he also happens to be our dad. So let's dive right in. I'm Scott Linebrink, your host of Get In The Game podcast, where we talk about what it means to serve others. And as we kick off a new year here in 2022 with our first episode, I'm pleased to invite a friend of mine, Luke Weaver. Luke, welcome. Thanks, Scott. What's up, world? Glad to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, (laughs) And it is the world. I mean, we've got just, you know, thousands upon thousands of, of listeners out there, so... I know you're going to. Oh, that's why I had to come on. It was prestigious podcast and it just felt felt like an honor to be a part of. So thank you for squeezing the time for me who reached out, obviously, to to be a part of something great. True humility right there. Well, by way of introduction <laughs> for, for maybe anybody that doesn't know who you are, I don't know who that would be. But uh, Luke is the starting pitcher for the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks. Um, he was an up and comer at uh, a standout at Florida State. Um, first round draft pick by the Cardinals and uh, was a, a big up and comer for them and their organization made it to the big leagues had a had a great uh, showing there and then pretty early in your career you got traded and you've been with Arizona now for three years is that right it's the start of 2019 so I guess that is three coming up on four okay all right so That's yeah math, Luke, right that is, there you go so Luke and his, <laughs> Isn't that? his wife, Olivia, they, uh, they have a two-year-old daughter named Lila. And I got to meet Lila last year, and she is a cutie. Um, let's start there because I've got a couple of daughters, and daughters are, are close to my heart, and I know that, that she's gotten a hold of yours now too. But in this idea of servanthood and what it means to serve, what has having kids taught you about that? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely right about having the finger wrapped around you um it's just it's been a blessing so far I just I find myself from time to time just stopping and um trying to catch myself in the moment of just slowing slowing time down and reflecting you know especially after you hear like you know daddy I love you or the giving the kiss and these little things that you're just like man my my uh my tough exterior is melting um and you know slowly but surely they you find yourself being a a different man so um you know just in this this early stage just having a two plus year old and um 
just I'm, I'm learning a lot about patience. I'll tell you that I'm learning a lot about patience. I'm learning a lot about, um, you know, you know, the love that's shown, um, how, how big and wide that you can love um, just a human being. Obviously, we love our wives and our families and such, but just it brings a whole new level on that. And um, just a lot of day to day things, you know, and I, but I think the biggest one is just patience and seeing that spread throughout others um, in my day to days with relationships and, and, uh, and just, you know, driving, walking, you know, not speed walking and, and, and driving over the speed limit, just trying to slow down life a little bit and take it uh, one step at a time. Man, I remember being a, a young man like you early in my career and um, having kids and, and you mentioned patience because sometimes, you know, those kids wake up three and four times a night you got to be up early and be at the field. It's hard to be patient sometimes, but yeah. I remember somebody telling yeah. me during that time, they said, just take every moment captive. And I thought about that for a while. I thought, you know, what, what would I possibly want to take captive from a 2 a.m. wake up call and, and trying to get a screaming baby back to sleep. But I think back on that now and I think, you know, wow, those, those were experiences that, that really were memorable and they shaped me and molded me and, and, uh, and they're sweet times, too, even though they can be a little bit uh, irritating at times. That's well put. That's great advice, I think. Uh, I think those thoughts happen to me as well. You know, I think back, you know, your parents and the people have taken care of you in your lifetime. And you start to reflect hard on that and you just become thankful and appreciative. And then you, you sit there and you, you think, OK, well, how can I? look back and understand the situation and just see if I can improve or do even a better job and learn from what I've, from what I've been through and to apply that to my, my daughter now and, and hopes that no, my parents would want that. And, uh, you know, always just trying to improve the generations and, and leave it better off than, you know, it was, or at least improve, improve that. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great picture too, of God's love for us. I mean, I, I think that was a whole new perspective for me when I had kids is, you know, wow, God loves me like I even greater than I could ever imagine, you know, as much as much love as I have for for my child, God loves me even more. And that's, that's hard to come to grips with sometimes. But that's the truth. Exactly. I think that's, that's the big thing that comes to mind when I think about love is like, it, it's hard to fathom someone loving you more than you love, you know, your kid or your wife or your family. And, uh, and you understand, man, well, it had to come from somewhere and it's humbling and it's an incredible, uh, it's an incredible thought and incredible mentality each and every day. Well, you've got a, a great head start on, on parenthood. Uh, you're doing a great job there and, and, uh, you got two beautiful girls that you live with there. Um, Hey, let, let's, uh, let's talk about your other, uh, lady in your life, Olivia. I met you two before you had yeah. kids about, I guess, four years ago, three or four years ago, we went on a trip to Haiti together. Um, what, tell us about that trip. What were your memories of that trip? Oh man, that was the first, uh, the first moment that really impact for good and for bad. And the bad isn't like, you know, bad in the sense of it was a bad trip and just kind of opening my eyes to a different world and, coming outside of the bubble uh, that I lived in. And 
a lot of times, you know, before we get into the whole trip itself, a lot of times I'd sit there and I think, okay, we can give money, we can do these things and support. And those are all wonderful. And um, until you step out and you become with the people and you see it for your own eyes and you see the, see it through a new lens, then you'll never be the same. And I think that's exactly the, the kind of the, what I left on that trip with is uh, the impact it had, the understanding of how great it is for us and, and the, the country we live in and the situation we live in and how much, um, how much worse it could be, how much harder it could be. And just the humbleness and knowing that God has provided for us and that um, in these people, we just see so much life and we see so much dedication uh, with the relationship with God and to their faith and, and because that's all they have. And it's just like, man, sometimes I look back and I become envy of how dedicated they are. And, and, they, and it humbles me in thinking, I got to step it up. Like, I can't just, I can't just be um, complacent. And uh, Olivia, my wife, uh, we have these conversations and we're on the same page with that. And so we were, we were able to, to leave that trip with a full heart and also a broken heart and, and understanding that we need to do more. We need to, to get back with these people to, to make a bigger impact in some type of way. And, and the building those relationships with you and, and Adam Wainwright and those that we went just, just allowed us to grow stronger and keep these relationships flowing like we see now. Yeah. So um, for, for everybody listening, that trip was part of a big league impact trip, uh, Adam's Foundation. And we were going down there to, to take a look at some of the water mission projects we had done as well as some other work that Big League Impact was doing in Haiti. And, uh, and we got to see some of these water systems that were serving people in these communities. And, and we, we did a great video, actually, too. Uh, Big League Impact put a, a video together of that, and you can go see that on YouTube. Um, what, walk us through what you actually saw and smelled and heard, like, as we got off that plane and we got in the back of that truck. And I don't know if you remember that that long dusty road going up to the, um, the missionary housing complex where we stayed and, and up on that hill. But, you know, to talk specifically about maybe some of the people that you saw and some of those sites and, and how was that kind of a, an affront to, to your senses the first time you saw it? Yeah, that's a great, great. Um, I'm thinking a thousand different things. Um, so, you know, we jump in the back of a, you know, an old, old pickup truck and we're holding on rails and standing, you know, as we drive through the, the main roads um, and obviously a little sketchy, <laughs> just holding on. We're like, OK, this is what it is. And uh, we're just driving down the, the shoreline, you know, where the water kind of hits the beach and you just see loads and loads and loads of trash. You just see. I mean, I remember just pulling my phone and videoing it because I know when I went back, like I wouldn't believe what I saw. And I, you know, if I try to explain it, that it just wouldn't do it any justice unless I visually showed it. And I mean, just 20, 30 feet backed up with trash, just straight down the entire shoreline. And I just remember asking like, what's going on here? And it's just like, they just know where to put this trash, like people. And then they get, you know, they, they break the rules. They just get rid of it. It just becomes this vicious cycle and, um, and it's just everywhere and there's just nowhere for it to go. And no one cares enough to try to make the difference with it. And it's just the cycle. And I just remember being mind blown in it and just being like, this is, this is what it is. 
And, you know, as we get up to those dusty roads and we're driving through, um, you just see the houses that are just made, um, I don't know, almost like, it's almost like they're like paper mache, right? Like it's not made out of paper, obviously, but it's just these handcrafted, like um, homemade type of homes. And they're using these plants that uh, consistently grow around that they use as fences. And um, it's got, you know, they're, they're sturdy. It's almost like cactus-like and they just grow up and they use them as their privacy fences. And, um, you know, people walking through the streets with no shoes on and, um, you know, drinking out of puddles and, and that's where they gather their water and the, the water's brown and you're sitting there just like, how in the world could this be happening right now? And so you're just taking this all in as you drive in and we're not even what, 10, 15, minutes into this whole trip and so just that's kind of the visual of how it starts and then you just start seeing more and more things and um just them making the best of what they got and uh you start wrapping your head around it and you're just like that's when the wheels start turning and the, the perspective gets bigger and wider and you're going man olivia i gotta do more like what are we doing what are we doing right now i don't want to go home i don't want to hear anybody if i hear someone complain when i go home hmm. or even myself like i might lose it you know, and uh, those are just a lot of the first thoughts. And and one, I remember their kids were playing soccer. I don't know if you remember this. They're playing soccer with this ratty ball and just old, old ball. And there's about four of them. And they kicked it while we were slowly driving by. And it went underneath the truck and we ran over their ball and it popped. And their face is heartbroken. I mean, just they weren't mad. They didn't complain. They were just heartbroken we need to get these guys 20 balls, you know, brand new, get them shipped here ASAP, you know, ground, air, overseas, whatever it takes. Get these guys, get this guy a ball. And of course, you know, it's just, it's just, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier and you kind of uh, reiterated it right there about, you know, being in a bubble. And how, you know, it's, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I mean, we, hear, we live here in the Western world where we have regular trash collection, where we have good, clean water. We have basic services that we don't have to worry about. But, but when you get outside of that bubble and you realize that there's a good percentage of the world that, that lives not as we do, but they're stuck in that cycle of poverty. And, uh, and that is an amazing thing the first time you see that. I remember thinking the first time I saw it, where in the world would I even start? I mean, how do you how do you clean up a, an entire city that has a trash problem like this? And trash is just the the first you know starting point. Um, and and it it is difficult to to imagine like how can we take it from here and go to a place where this could be a clean, healthy city where people can enjoy living in and can live as God intended them to live. Um, but it, it starts you know literally with with just what you said with people taking a, a step out of their comfort zone and saying, what can I do about this? This is no longer a problem over there, something that those people need to figure out, but this now becomes something that I'm personally responsible for. And I, what I would add to that is if someone sat there and they told me, Hey, what can I do? What, what are the steps in allowing me to make an impact? You know, I would almost say, hey, your money is great, right? That's never like, that's always something that'll make an impact if it's done, if it's, if it's used in the right, right way. But I would almost just tell them, 
do you have time to spare? Mm. And it'd be like, if it's yes, and I'd say, use the money that you would donate and get get to Haiti or get to these places that are hurting and go and make an impact in person and with your with your own eyes and with your own body. Use that money to go do that first. And then from there, you don't need to ask me anymore. Like you don't need my help and my direction. You, you still can, but what you need to, all, all what I've already said is that those things will happen internally within you and you'll know exactly what you want to do. And then you can ask help on how to do it. Mm. And I think that's where money can be almost best used sometimes. I'm not saying that's for everything or, or all the time, but I think if you're taking uh, thinking about an impact that can, that person can lead into five to 10 more people. And then, you know, down the list, now we're creating this positive cycle of people flowing and telling the word, you know, just like we read in the Bible of spreading the good news. Like we can just get a person to, to, to take that, that, um, that time and that attempt to do that. Then now we've created something really nice and something really beautiful. And I think that would be uh, my biggest piece of advice in that. Yeah. When I went back and, and watched that video from our trip, uh, I'm going to feed you back some of your words and and you actually talked in there about living in a bubble. It's funny that you brought that up here four years later. No way. You remembered that. Uh, but one of the other things that you said was with my platform, I can make a positive change. So talk about your platform. Talk about how you want to use that as a major league baseball player to impact positive change in a variety of ways. Yeah, I think um, obviously in a situation where you're blessed to be where you're at, you know, to be able to, to play a, a kid's game and to to have people come and watch you do it, whether you're really good that day or you stump. Um, hopefully the really good part. And uh, but with that comes people who watch and they're just watching every move you make and um, the things you do and whatever uh, things you allow them to see whether that's social media or in person. And uh, with that platform, um, I just strongly believe along with um, a lot of, a lot of teammates and people I've come in contact, especially a guy like you um, is that we want to use that to advance the kingdom and we want to be able to impact others. And whether it's locally right there in your backyard, or if it's internationally, you know, Haiti and, uh, the Dominican Republic and some of these places across the world that are hurting bad, they're drawn to somewhere. Um, and with that being said, it's just about how do we take the people that are either in our corner or would like to share that same vision with you and just see if they'll come on board. And there's no harm in asking. There's no harm in putting yourself out there because you know, at the end of the day, um, you do on what you feel is right. And, um, you know, that there's going to be an impact. You just hope that people want to make that impact with you. Yeah. I, I love the way you just phrased that, how, you know, it's, it's just an invitation. It's asking people to come alongside something that you're very passionate about. Um, it's giving them an opportunity to say yes or no. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, us, you, we are, are just advocates for, for helping to make positive change and, and do kingdom building things. That's the way I see what I'm doing with water mission. That's the way you're um, obviously doing what you're doing with a, a variety of, of, uh, of great things. 
And, uh, and that really takes the pressure off of us too, right? If we just, we're just making an invitation, it's up to to them to pray about it, think about it, say yes or no. I mean, obviously they know better what, what is good for themselves and their families than we do, but we'll never know if, if they're excited or motivated to help us unless we ask them. Exactly. And I'm sitting here thinking about if you're wanting to approach somebody and to try to, to bring them alongside you, you know, a lot of times um, leading by example is a big way I like to just go about things. I'm not, you know, I can be vocal, but I just sometimes I just don't like to be too loud and not that that's a problem, but, but I think a, a big thing is no one's ever not wanted to be invited to something. You know, no one's ever, I mean, how many times have we sat there, not, no matter what it is to go play golf, to go eat, to go do this. And, you know, you, you hear someone maybe talking about it and you're just hoping for an invite, you know, I'd really like to do that. And so a big thing I try to push myself to do is if, you know, if I'm going to talk about something, then I want someone to feel like you should be included in it and I'll throw out an invite or um, start that conversation going to, and lead that, Hey, take you to lunch and let's, let's do it over food. Let's find a common, a commonality. Let's find some common grounds and to build off of that. And, um, I think that's just a big one is to, to never be, to never assume, you know, they're going to make the first move. Always, always be the one that's going to push to make the first move. And like we just said, to not force anything, but to, to allow the invitation to always be open. And I think that, is always to me it always feels awesome to to make my own decision and doing that on my own time but to feel important and to feel included and that makes an impact yeah and and you taking that role as an advocate that is so valuable i tell folks all the time you know like you were alluding to earlier um you know a financial investment is great um also spending time um, you know, to go there to these places or volunteer, but man, just using your voice, your platform, um, you, you've got people in your circles and you, you, the people that are watching you every day, uh, as a major league baseball player, but we've all got networks that, that are unique to us. And if we use our voice and our advocacy to impact those people around us, that can have a huge positive change thousand percent and i i think the last thing i'll say on that is don't fear rejection i say that I, i'm almost hypocritical right because i i feel like that's something that i deal with right i don't want to be rejected and inviting somebody and them saying no and feeling bad about it you know just put it out there and know that what you're doing is with the pure heart it's uh with good intentions and at the end of the day it's their decision to be made and that's all you can ask for yeah that's awesome. Hey, I want to go back to baseball a little bit. Um, I've really been keying in on this idea of servant leadership, and I'm actually working through a book right now by Ken Blanchard called The Servant Leader. It's a really good read. I would recommend it for anybody out there. But one of the things that I saw in there was uh, that servant leaders consider their position on loan, and they want to use it to make others around them better. Now, there's not a whole lot of us that understand what it's like to, to walk uh, around in a major league clubhouse or on the field or in the dugout wearing that uniform, you obviously do. Um, you're with those teammates 24 seven, you eat with them, you travel with them. I mean, you get to know each other really well after seven or eight months together. 
But what are some ways that that you would consider your position on loan to you? And how are you making an intentional effort each day to make others around you better in that context? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, you say we're around each other every day. That's that's against our will sometimes. That's whether <laughs> we like it or not. Um, you know, it's, uh, but it's, you know, I say that jokingly, but, you know, you, you take it for granted a lot. You know, you come in, it can be very uh, checklisty. It can, you can come in and just check the boxes. Oh, I got to throw this today. I got to throw my bullpen today. I got to work out. It's an upper and then I'm going to run and then I'm going to eat and then the game. And you could just kind of get robotic with it. And I've been there and it happens and it's every single day, just like any job. Um, you can get robotic with it, but it's a great question because that challenge um, is constantly pushing and, and, and gnawing at me um, and, and all of us. And I think when you can, um, read these books, right. They keep you accountable and you can set relationships in your life that whether they're mentors and older people, whether younger people who push you, whatever it is, get those people in your corner that uh, keep you up to date, um, that, that push you in a way that are important. And that could be a teammate. That could be an older teammate. That could be a, a coworker. That could be uh, someone outside of all of that family member, whatever it may be, but I, that person's important. And the earlier you can get that person in your life, and obviously the forcing of it is not, Hey, be my friend, be my mentor is not the, probably the route to go, but, um, just be open to that, you know, um, you know, pray about it. Um, keep your eyes open, keep your heart open and allow that to happen if it needs to. But for me personally, um, I'm getting older. I know I look like a, I graduated high school and I have trouble getting in the movies sometimes, but, uh, it's, it's, it's coming. It's the, the leadership roles are, are already there and, and, and challenging me. And I can't have an excuse anymore for being the young guy who um, wants to follow instead of lead. And um, I'm thankful for those opportunities um, of following back in with the St. Louis Cardinals and having guys like Adam Wainwright. And, um, and he was a big one and the Carpenters and stuff like guys like that and um, understanding the way they go about baseball and life. And I get to the D-backs and now I'm a guy who's, all right, I gotta, I gotta put on my big boy pants. And I think some stuff has been mentioned about um, being intentional with eating, um, trying to find guys, hey, let's get the younger guys together, get three or four of them, let's go eat. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's play some cards. Let's just interact. Let's, let's keep it non-baseball. We can talk about baseball if you want, but let's just be together off the field, something that separates, something that gives us something um, to, to laugh about, something that keeps the, the, the fun and the tension free. And I think a big one that I'm trying to bring back from something uh, Adam Wainwright and I tried in St. Louis was to get out and surf, to, to get out and um, from city to city, wherever we're at, and trying to make a connection um, with local food banks and um, places where we can um, to go in and, and, and serve in any way that that looks like, you know, it could be random. Um, I know we went to a farm one time and helped pick food um, that went on a, um, a food truck. And, you know, they it was like a little grocery store where 
people could come on and um, that didn't have as much um, to spend and, and, and whatnot and to, to get some cheaper groceries and to just be a part of that and to help um, and then go to the field, you know, doing all that in the morning and go in the field and being like refreshed and feeling like I didn't just w- sleep till one o'clock and now check off all the boxes and then go to a game and just, you know, be stale for, for two hours on the bench. Um, I feel revitalized. I feel, um, you know, revamped and I'm, I'm now I'm making an impact, you know, at least one, one time on each road trip or, and that carries and that fuels me and that makes the fun of the game come back. And that makes my relationships spark back up because now I'm ready to feed. Now I'm ready. My soul is renewed and I'm ready to just share it with the world. And I think that's a big, big, uh, big thing I'm going to try to bring back this year if possible. Man, so, so you would actually do that in the morning and then go to yeah. the field and you would play yeah. a game that night. Yeah. Wow. And then so, it doesn't always work, you know, because you got a starting pitcher, he's not going to do it. You got guys in the lineup and playing the field, you know, they got to do their thing. It's not always going to be, um, you know, rainbows and unicorns, but I think, Hey, coming in, coming into wherever we're going, you know, we're going into San Diego or something and being like, guys, I'm going to send out a long list. Doesn't matter who wants to come. It's this day at nine 30. It's going to be an hour long, two hours long, be back before the bus even leaves plenty of time. If you want to come, let's do it. And it's just going to happen this day. One guy shows up. I go by myself. If I get six guys to go, I just want, I want it to be something where we can all do it together, separate the game, make an impact with the platform we talked about earlier and to use that and propel us forward and to just feel the reward of knowing, Hey, we are serving. We um, are using our platform in a positive way. And in, in that, um, you know, now we just go get to play a kid's game and hopefully um, make an impact to those who came to watch us with our abilities that we've been given. Wow. That that's almost counterintuitive to think that, you know, you would give up your morning to go out and do something that's physically exerting. And you, you would think, you know, my mind would tell me I got to save up that energy for tonight because I'm going to be out there and having to use that. So, you know, the more that I spend, the less I have to give later, but to hear you talk, it's like, no, that, that stuff just gives me more energy. It, it just awakens my body and my spirit. Exactly. You know what it is? It's, um, and I'm not going to bag anybody, but it's just, I feel like it's, it's an excuse. It's, it's something that we gained in thinking we need every ounce of our energy to go out there and to do what we need to do. And that's not, that's not wrong, but I think what, happens is we we built up this excuse and thinking that we we need that when really we're going to be supplied that because one i i would assume that if we go serve i'm going to be like i said revamped and revitalized and and get this new spring of energy this fresh air that is going to come within me and that's going to make my body feel better than it was if i just slept till one and then i had to moan and groan out of bed and then get ready for a game you know i think getting out, getting that fresh air and helping is going to give us what we need. And, um, you know, and we, hey, look, we don't want to have to do anything that would make you carry 50 pound corn bags and, you know, do these things. 
um, that will really exert your energy. We'll make it, we'll make it as easy as possible for you and be strategic about it. But I think with that, and I say this as a starting pitcher too, you know, hmm. I'm one out of five days, I'm exerting myself out there. And the four other days I'm like, Oh, it's fine. We're good. And they're like, well, I play every day, Luke. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, why don't we just give it a shot and see what happens? You know, you went over eight, you might as well try it. Um, <laughs> But this is this is just some thoughts that I think maybe could help or, you know, but like we said, it's their decision. Yeah, well, it, it's a paradox of generosity. Right. And it, it, it applies to not just our, our physical stamina, but but our resource, our financial resources that, that really the, the more we give, the more we get. And it's not that, you know, hey, I got to protect this and I got to keep this for me. And I, I can only give away a little bit because this all this around here is mine. But what I have seen so many times is that, you know, there's a, there's a lot more to give than what we really know it. And that God has things that he wants to bless us in ways that we could never imagine. That's beautifully put. And I feel like this is the, this is the line that comes in my head all the time. And it happens all the time at the end of the day is I don't want to lay my head down at, at night on a nice, soft, cool side of the pillow and to sit there and think and reflect and feel like I wasted an opportunity or I wasted a day or I I didn't make the impact that I thought I should. Or maybe I regret making the decision not doing, you know, not accepting the invite to go do something to impact. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want I don't want those opportunities wasted. And you just said something about, you know, how much um, you know, what we're capable of doing, how far we can be pushed and I think we're just, we just think enough is enough sometimes. And we don't know how far we can be pushed. Mm-hmm. We don't know the, um, the recovery and the restoration that can be given in pushing ourselves and, and trusting that and feeling like, man, I, I know what it's like to go hike, you know, Mount Everest, right? Not that I do, but that took a lot of energy, but I know with a good night's rest, you know, I got to get back up the next day and, get back after it. You know, I'm not just going to quit and stop doing it just because I got halfway up, you know, it's just those things that the body is capable of doing things. And we put ourselves in a good, strong mental uh, mindset. Take us a long way. Luke, I'm going to close with this question. Um, You mentioned you've been inspired by a lot of great experiences, a lot of people in your life. Uh, What are, what is your hope for the future? That, that you hope to inspire that same in others? And, and what do you hope comes of this inspiration? Legacy. Um, you know, I think simply put, I think a lot of times, uh, as you know, since you've played in this game, that guys want to be remembered as good teammates. You know, they want, they want to go out and they want to be a Hall of Fame type player. They want to be really good at what they do. I think we all want that as competitors, but to be a great teammate, someone who was consistent, someone who impacted their life in some type of way, whether big or small. And um, that when they think back on the game and they, when they get asked the question by their kid or by someone um, that they know, you know, who's, who was a a guy you played with that um, you really enjoyed and, you're a part of that list, you know, and it's not for, it's not for recognition. It's not for the pat on the back. It's to, to know that you didn't waste the opportunity. You didn't go 
and put your head down on that pillow and say, I just went through the motions. I, I robotically checked off the list and I, I just could have did more. I don't want any regrets. You know, we're always going to regret things, but I don't want to regret the big things. You know, there might be some small things, but I want to be able to, to take guys to a different country and show them the impact they can make. I want to, um, groom them and allow them to be better people than they were, especially in a leadership role when the time comes. And <clears throat> with all that being said, just simply known as a great teammate and mm-hmm. someone that they can, they can call and they can, they can, they know is going to be there. So those are, those are a lot of things, but I think they just wrap up into, to, to knowing that I don't want the opportunity to be wasted with somebody. Well, I think a lot of guys would say that about you now, um, but I, I pray and hope that you have a long career so that you can impact many more people. I appreciate that. Well, Luke. Uh, we'll give, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on the show, and, and uh, it was a great conversation. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Game podcast with Scott Weinbrink, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. You can connect with Scott and follow him on Twitter at Scott Linebrink. We want to invite you to subscribe to the other shows on our network. We'd also love for you to check out our Sports Spectrum magazine full of great stories and content covering the intersection of sports and faith. You can subscribe at SportsSpectrum.com. It's $18 for an entire year subscription. Again, the website to subscribe is SportsSpectrum.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.